Hello, and welcome to the Spring Podcast, where socialist ideas take action. I am your host, Laura Conrad. The Spring Podcast is recorded from Mi'kma'ki, the ancestral and unceded territory of the Mi'kmaq people, and is produced by the Spring Socialist Network. Welcome, everyone, to the first episode of the Spring Podcast. My name is Laura, and for our first episode, we are going to be speaking with Krishna Saravanamutu. Um, I'm pleased to introduce you to our guest today. Um, Krishna is a journalist and community organizer based in Toronto. He is a graduate of Osgoode Hall Law School and will be articling at a criminal defense firm in the summer of 2021. Welcome, Krishna. Laurel, thanks so much for having me, and I'm so excited to be here on the Spring Podcast. We're so pleased to have you. So you are a member of Spring. Uh, Spring is a socialist network, and you also write for the Spring magazine. Can you tell us a little bit about Spring, what it is, and what it does? Totally. So Spring is a pan-Canadian network of socialists uh, that are involved in struggles for workers' rights, environmental justice, housing justice, uh, abolition movements, uh, Indigenous sovereignty. Uh, and, and, and so we are uh, activists and community members uh, from all walks of life who uh, believe that a different world is both possible and necessary because the economic and political system that we live under today, uh, it, it, it's, it, it doesn't serve us. It doesn't serve the majority of people uh, and, and it benefits uh, a very small number of people. And so we believe in a more fair world, in a more equitable world, uh, in a world where uh, resources are evenly distributed, equally distributed, and we have a real say over what our uh, political, uh, economic, and personal futures look like. And Spring publishes a magazine and has a robust presence on social media. Could you talk about the relationship between publishing Spring magazine, building movements, and the role of a socialist organization? Basically, how and why? Does Spring use the publication to advance socialism? Absolutely, that's a great question. Uh, we see the we see the website and and uh, the extensions of the websites like social media uh, as as organizing tools. So they're not a means uh, or an end in themselves. They're simply a means towards helping uplift and amplify movements on the ground. Uh, so the way that we might use, for instance, the publication is by really centering the voices of community members, uh, activists, community organizers uh, that are involved in struggles on the ground. Uh, we'll use that publication. We'll also use social media to help lift up voices that are traditionally ignored by mainstream media. Uh, you know, we, we have no hesitation in saying that we are biased. We are absolutely biased. We are on the side of the oppressed. We are on the side of working class people, uh, and, and we make no qualms about that. We believe that uh, if our publication and if our social media is to have any relevance at all, it is only to help uplift those voices that are doing the work on the ground every single day. Can you elaborate a little about what socialism means to spring? Or describe exactly what is what does socialism mean for someone that has no idea? Definitely. I mean, that's a good question. I, I think while it might seem like a simple question, it's a very profound one. Um, to me, at its heart, it means that we want to see a world where every single person is supported, where every single person, uh, regardless of their 
their race or their gender. Uh, they are people who can be lifted up and have access to all the things that uh, lead to real uh, safety, right? And lead to a real sense of well-being. And unfortunately, the economic system that we live under, uh, it, it, uh, it denies that type of uh, safety and self-determination. It denies uh, people's ability to live a happy and healthy life um, because it's, it's far too many people who are left in a situation where, for instance, right now during COVID, they're forced to go out and work. Uh, they're deemed essential enough to be essential workers, but not essential enough to be given things like paid sick days, right? Uh, meanwhile, at the same time, during the last one year of this crisis, we've seen uh, people who are CEOs, multi-billionaires, only increase their net profit. Uh, and, and so that is what we're fundamentally against as socialists. We believe that uh, the economic system that we live in right now is the root cause of racial injustice. It's the root cause of environmental destruction. Uh, it's the root cause uh, of ongoing settler colonialism that we see across these lands. Okay, can you tell me a little bit about why you're a socialist? Um, maybe what movements or experiences led you to your political perspective? Absolutely. Um, well, I think for me, it has everything to do with uh, the fact that I, uh, I am a refugee. Uh, my parents had to flee the island of Sri Lanka. Uh, in that island, uh, the Tamil people were subjugated to both state violence and to an ongoing genocide. And so my parents had to flee. I was born in a small farming town of all places in Germany. Uh, and then I came to Canada when I was about two or three years old with my mom and my brother. Uh, my father joined us later. Um, and, and, you know, although Canada has this national myth about being a benevolent country, a country that really supports refugees, a country that is founded on a framework of multiculturalism, uh, my reality speaks, and, and the reality of many, many other people, uh, speaks uh, to a very different story, a story where uh, people are denied uh, access to education. People are forced to live in overcrowded housing. People live in communities that are policed uh, almost as if it's a military occupation. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, and, and I think those early experiences just really led me to um, just a different perspective on the world, you know, a, a perspective where I, I felt that there was something fundamentally unjust about that. Um, and so when I went to university and I started to become more politically active, uh, I started learning more about uh, first uh, the anti-war movement and anti-imperialism. I quickly realized that the economic system that uh, unfortunately governs our entire world uh, is often at the root cause of things like war, uh, occupation, genocide, uh, poverty, both within this country, but all across the world as well. Uh, and so that led me to a socialist perspective. Um, the other thing that I think leads me to a socialist perspective is my time in the national student movement. Uh, so I was I was an elected representative uh, at York University. I was uh, I was involved with the students union there. I was also involved with the national wing, the Canadian Federation of Students, and um, you know it became very obvious to me that uh, education uh, is, is 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 so tied to people's ability to prosper socially and economically, uh, and education is denied to people who already are living under the worst kinds of conditions of capitalism, uh, and so. All those experiences, I think, helped to radicalize me and help me to become uh, a socialist or to, to see the world uh, through a socialist lens. 
Okay. Um, can you talk about some of the movements that Spring is involved in right now and why Spring is involved? Yeah, totally. I mean, uh, the ones that come to my mind are, are specifically the abolition movement. Uh, this summer, we saw an insurgency, an insurgency sparked by the police uh, murders of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. Uh, here in Toronto, we saw the police murder uh, of Regis Korczynski Paquette. Uh, and, and that really sparked, I think, a national uh, discussion in the political mainstream about the uh, abolition of police and prisons. And Spring uh, has been involved uh, in that uh, by helping to amplify the voices of abolitionist organizers uh, in, in spaces like the Toronto Prisoners' Rights Project, in, in Black Lives Matter Toronto. Uh, and, and so we have been helping to both amplify those voices and also uh, to support those movements on the ground. Uh, similarly, uh, we saw that at the very beginning of this of this crisis that we find ourselves in with COVID, uh, people were suddenly unable to pay their rent. And, and so they were at the risk of eviction. And so we have been supporting uh, housing justice struggles uh, here in the city and across the country uh, on the ground, both helping to support uh, actions uh, to defend tenants uh, when landlords seek their eviction, and also helping to amplify the voices of tenants who are organizing themselves into tenant unions. Uh, similarly, we're involved in struggles for paid sick days, for decent work. Uh, again, we know that black and brown people uh, are, are deemed essential workers. Uh, they're essential enough to be in the front line, but they're not essential enough to get things like hazard pay and paid sick days. Uh, and, and so, you know, again, at the, at the root of all of these, all of these different symptoms of the crisis is the problem of capitalism, right? Uh, it's, it's the problem of oppression and exploitation. And so those are just some brief examples of the kinds of work that uh, that spring uh, is involved in. Okay, so I've heard you talk about capitalism being kind of the root cause of all of these problems that we're suffering in Canada and throughout the world. What would it take for a radical shift from capitalism to um, the kind of world you're speaking of where resources are distributed fairly and people are truly treated equal on this planet? That's a great question. I, I think there's there's a few different ways to uh, to look at that question, but we'll arrive at the same conclusion, right? So let's take, for instance, an abolitionist lens. Uh, often when we think about abolition, we think about what we're against. We're against policing, we're against prisons. Uh, abolition also demands us to ask what we're for, right? Abolition means that we don't want to put resources into caging people up. We don't want to put resources into uh, the police surveilling and harassing and criminalizing people. And when I say resources, we have to be very clear. We're talking in the millions and the billions that this country puts in uh, to, to criminalizing uh, black and brown and indigenous people every single day. And that is a governing policy of this country. Now imagine through an abolitionist lens, we were to take those resources and put them into healthcare, into education, uh, into, in, into our communities, into mental health, uh, counseling into our overall well-being, uh, into 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 uh, proper compensation for workers. You know, safe working conditions, uh, a safe and decent uh, and respectful wage uh, that every worker should be entitled to. That's the kind of world that we're looking at, right? So when we talk uh, about uh, dismantling capitalism, it can seem very abstract. But when we it, when we ground ourselves in movements. When we get on the ground and we support these movements that are struggling for racial and economic and political justice, we're actually building that world in the here and now. 
And we saw an example of that during, again, the, the insurgency that happened this summer, because people weren't just talking about dismantling the police, people were talking about replacing it with real community safety, real access to education, real access to healthcare, real access to uh, uh, to food justice, to housing justice. And so that's the kind of world that we're talking about in very concrete ways when we say uh, we want to dismantle capitalism and replace it with something better and, and something uh, that, that really allows all of us to flourish. Um, I understand. I hear you talk about this and for someone who's also considers themselves a socialist and is involved with the Spring Network, um, it, it does sound abstract in a way because of the um, the way things currently are, which is it seems like there's a much smaller group of people who have these values and are fighting for these values as compared with the rest mm. of the country. And we talk about reallocating our resources, our tax money, our taxpayer funded dollars into these programs. What would you say to somebody who feels that their tax money should be going to these different places, community supporting programs. What can someone like that do to um, realize those aspirations other than joining us? Like, I mean, joining spring, obviously joining some other socialist network or some network that supports those ideas. What can the mm. and do? Well, I think I think it's in fact the average person like you and I, the ordinary people like you and I, that actually change the world, right? And and there's sometimes I think uh, a narrative about socialism uh, and and revolution uh, that that almost centers the idea of revolution from the top, right? So there's there's a select few group of leaders uh, or people who are elected into positions of power who then will. Uh, dismantle the systems that don't end up benefiting the vast majority of us. But any time that we see any significant change, any time the dominant political and economic system has been forced to concede, it's because regular people like you and I are organizing in our communities, right? And that work is often not glamorous, you know? Often that work is, is unseen, untold, uh, and, and, and too often enough when we're talking about women, when we're talking about racialized people, uh, it's not acknowledged, right? That kind of labor. But it's that work that happens every single day where people are meeting, people are talking to their neighbors, they're bringing people into discussions. Uh, those discussions lead to political education. From that, it leads to political action. And that action doesn't always have to be something like uh, occupying a street. Sometimes it could be something as simple as participating in a phone app, calling your local MP or MPP and saying, hey, listen, like, I really support paid sick days. And all my friends here, 90 of my friends here or 10 of my friends here, they support paid sick days too. And we want you to say something about this. And if not, you're going to hear from us, right? And so it's really about building community power. And community power is centered in the experiences of everyday people, just like you and I, because we are the ones who are living through this reality, right? Right. So that leads me to my next question, which is for you and others who are trying to gather this community power, um, as you said, this work is not glamorous. It's not oftentimes acknowledged. Um, can you speak about your own personal um, experience of, of how do you keep going? How do you keep um, continuing your commitment for this work when things are difficult and when you're up against so many roadblocks um, 
Mm, yeah. Mm. What's in your personal well that keeps you going? Well, that's that's also again a very important question. Uh, for me, there's there's I think two things that I draw upon. First of all, uh, it's really important, and I know it's very difficult under the conditions of capitalism to take care of ourselves. And this is something we don't often talk about as activists and as organizers, but we have a responsibility to take care of ourselves. And in, in whatever way that might look like, that might look like rest, that might look like taking time just to find some joy, watching a funny movie, right? Uh, it might look like exercise, it might look like taking time to be with our friends, because we are not going to help anybody if we are unwell, if we are unhealthy. So the first thing that keeps me going is, is just really prioritizing my health and my wellness. And I had to learn this the hard way, unfortunately, because uh, in my early 20s, I, I thought that uh, I had this endless supply of energy that would never run out. And I soon found out by the end of my 20s that, in fact, I was burnt out. And, and I had to learn that lesson the hard way. Uh, and, and, and so for me today, taking care of myself is really, really important. And I think that we're really talking here about radical self-care, right? Because it's not just self-care for ourselves as individuals. It's self-care because we want to benefit our community. We know that the only way we can support our community is also by taking care of ourselves, right? Um, the second thing that really keeps me going, to be quite honest with you, is being involved in, in spring. Because here I am talking to a comrade. And you and I are having a conversation right now, but this conversation doesn't happen in isolation. It's happening because you and I have had so many different conversations with so many different people from so many different walks of life. And in this conversation, you and I are producing radical knowledge and radical theory that we're then going to take back, right? Every time I go to a spring organizing meeting, I leave feeling recharged because all of a sudden, uh, I have just had a conversation with you know, about a hundred of my closest friends from across the country, some of the smartest people I've ever met, and I get to walk away acting that much smarter. Uh, and, 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 and in some sense, I get to actually take some of that, that brilliance and implement it into the work that I do every day as an activist. And so we're never alone, right? I mean, we are all interconnected. The way that uh, capitalism oppresses us is, is, is collectively. And so our response has to be collective as well. I love that you have shared that with us because I've heard from other um, springers that um, self-care, radical self-care is something that they have to commit to, to, to keep going as well. Um, yes. And I also love that um, you talked about joint, you know, joining spring itself and, and finding that sense and place of community with others yes. is a way to support your own self-care and find community and support with others um, absolutely absolutely so if people wanted to find out more about spring um or get involved in spring what would you suggest to them well there's a couple of great ways uh go to the website springmag.ca check out some of the some of the work that's coming out of the activists and, and the, the socialist journalists that are involved with the publication. Uh, check out our stuff on social media. I mean, every day, the social media team is pumping out uh, brand new content every single day. And it's plugged in again to the struggles that are happening from coast to coast across this land. Uh, come to one of our organizing meetings. Like tonight, we have an organizing meeting on anti-racism, abolition, and indigenous sovereignty. Uh, and these meetings are great because we're not just meeting for the sake of meeting. We are collectively thinking through the, 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 the struggles that we find ourselves involved in. And we're, we're, we're producing tactics and strategies collectively to our discussion. Uh, and so everything we do is collective. We don't do anything individually. Uh, we might be involved in different areas of work, 
but we are constantly learning from each other. Uh, so check out check out one of our organizing meetings and you can find that information uh, pretty easily on the Spring Facebook site. Awesome. Well, I think that's it for us. I so Great. appreciate your time. And if listeners wanted to get in touch with you, um, would you want to provide your email address or? Um... Sure. Um, I mean, let's see. Uh, you can always find me on Facebook, just uh, Krishna Saravanamuthu, or you can find me on Instagram, uh, Krishna Saravanamuthu. And uh, anyone who wants to get connected and wants to get involved with Spring, I'm, I'm so happy and so excited to talk to them. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Krishna. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Spring Podcast. Our researcher is Sarah Saheed, and our audio engineer is Brian the Vinayaham. To learn more about Spring, please visit our website at springmag.ca. We welcome your feedback. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, or review this podcast. If you have comments, questions, or ideas for future episodes, you can send us an email at info at springmag.ca.